0: Sunday roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How are your hearts? And of course, how are your Halloweens? How's it going, guys? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, indeed. It is mental. It's now... It will be on November the fourth. It'll be two years since I uh, started the Sunday roast, which is ridiculous. Don't worry, I'll save all the s- the sentimental, mental stuff for the Instagram post in a dire attempt to increase my engagement on Wednesday or Thursday, whenever the fourth is. So for now, I will just say to you, the listener, thank you, thank you for listening over the last two years. Thank you for continuously supporting me, even though I haven't been perfect, I haven't been consistent, I haven't at times tried as hard as I profess that I would. So thank you for your patience, understanding, support and kindness. It is overwhelmingly appreciated. You've literally changed my, here I'm doing the thing that I said I wouldn't do. Anyway, thank you so much. If you've been supporting the Sunday Roast, if you've been listening, I really, really appreciate it. You quite literally changed the course of my life. So thank you very much. If you have enjoyed it, Please consider subscribing to the Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com forward slash Mark Uh, It's my only way of existing. Please support me. Please support the show. Help keep the oven on and all of the rest. Now, I'm hyper aware that because of the first episode of The Sunday Roast ever was on Halloween, I can't really touch it. Something to me feels somewhat sacred about the subject of Halloween um, so, I, t- I, t- I tend to, well, certainly last year, when I was in a sea of celebratory alcohol abuse uh, around this time last year, I just, I don't think I recorded a podcast from, like, the 29th of November for about two months. Sorry about that, by the way. Yeah, my bad. Massively my bad. in In hindsight, massively my bad. But, um, yeah, I feel like I don't want to touch the subject of Halloween that much. However, I will say... Now, I don't know if this is too niche or if this is something I've only observed myself, but is there not a growing trend at the moment of sort of girls pretending to be, like, really into Halloween? Like, really into it, though. Now, they're the sort of festival-goer types, you know? But they're really into Halloween now, and they're doing all the fingery stuff, and they're in... It's the real, like, oh, no, I'm into Halloween, but, like, on a spiritual level. Sorry? Sorry? You're into Halloween on us, Yeah, and I was really into spirits and stuff. Are you, yeah? What, what makes it... like? You bought a pair of fishnets off Amazon and you're going to South William Street. You're not exactly performing an exorcism. Do you know what I mean? You don't see these people going up to the Hellfire Club at dusk and offering a slaughtered lamb to the Dark Lord. You will see them, however standing near a DJ booth, struggling to record Insta stories because they can't hit the fucking record button with their fake nails, like a Labrador trying to swipe or get a ball from underneath a couch. You're just not that into Halloween. You look like you're dressed for Coachella, but with a bucket of fucking dark eyeshadow. I don't think a real goth, I don't think a real goth would have bought their incense in Joe Malone, Aoife. Just me? Anybody else notice these spoofers? They're very much everywhere, they're the the Coachella goers, even though they don't go to Coachella, they go to, like, an Irish version, and, like, they they think that spirits are involved. Why would spirits be involved in music festivals? You've gone to the other side of reality in some shape or form, right? You're now existing in this interest, like, this not, space and time don't exist. You're either in the underworld, the overworld, the other world. You're in a different world, okay? You're a spirit, and you're thinking, will I horn people? No. no, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come back and go to a music festival and communicate with Shiva, the art designer from NCAD, on the 31st. That's what I'm up to. That's for the rest of the afterlife, by the way. For the rest of my afterlife, I'm going to come back. I just need to check the timetable now on Ticketmaster, see when the festivals are, and then I'll be coming back, you know, and chat to somebody who's had a bucket of ketamine for breakfast. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely absurd. But we're not here to talk about Halloween. I'm not talking about Halloween today. For the first year, by the way, of my life, I'm now at a stage where I'm not trick-or-treating and I'm actually giving out the goodies to the boys and girls of the area, you know? That sounded so nefarious and it wasn't intentional. But do you dress up when you're like, like, what do I do? What's What's the sort of crack here? Like, do I just answer it and go, yes, as if I'm expecting an Amazon delivery driver or a DPD? Like, what do you... Certainly not a fast way, am I right? They're bloody useless. But like what? They are actually useless and their customer care is atrocious. So fuck you, fast way. But um, like what is the crack? Do I dress up? And or like how do you interact with the... I'm not good with interacting with children, uh, you know, off the internet. I don't, anyway, we're not here to talk about Halloween. Happy Halloween. not here to talk about Halloween. We're not here to talk about misguided idiots who think that they're really into spirits because they like going to music festivals. No, you're you're not into spirits, by the way. I'm into spirits, namely vodka and gin, but you know, you're not into spirits. We're not here to talk about Halloween. Okay? Today, we are talking about hotels. Staying in hotels. For those of you unacquainted or unfamiliar or Realistically incredibly deprived. I'm assuming everybody stayed in a hotel at least once in their life. If not, the Google definition of a hotel is an establishment providing accommodation, meals, and other services for travelers and tourists. Okay. I get it. I understand. However, I do I like I firmly believe that. Some people just take the piss. Some people take the complete piss when they're staying in hotels because hotels, much like airports, and I think I've addressed this before, but in a position, in a situation where there is zero long-term accountability for your actions, it's lawless. It's absolutely lawless. You know, and that's why it's like the shopping cart theory. It is staying in a hotel or like being in an airport is the ultimate test, ultimate test rather of moral character and a person's capacity to be self-governing because there is no long-term accountability. And some people just completely take the piss when they go and stay in hotels. For instance, let's just look at the buffet. Have you ever actually seen the way people behave at a buffet? I was staying in a hotel last weekend for my ex-girlfriend's wedding, as some of you may know. I documented most of it on my Instagram, at Megan Mark. I might talk about it further uh, on patreon.com forward slash MarkMegan. But have you seen the way people behave at fucking buffets? It's a real sort of, it's a real, it's truly revelatory revelatory, rather about man's character. You know, it's eight o'clock in the morning. And you see someone coming back with a Nutella crepe and egg fucking fried rice. What the hell is going on here? Just because you can doesn't mean that you need to. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely outrageous, the stuff. You see, oh, I'm just going to have some melon now and then uh, a bit of sausage. And then they've got one of those chocolate fountains. What the, well, where are you staying firstly? But also what the hell are you doing? People lose the run of themselves entirely when they stay in hotels. I don't know if you've noticed this, but also the whole thing about the robes and slippers. Look, we all like when you stay in a hotel and you get a robe and slippers. They're designed to be used in your room or in the spa or at the, at the very rarest occasion, if there is a sort of discreet way of getting from A to B, going from your room to the spa. You can't just wander around willy-nilly through the lobby in your fucking robe open and your slippers, apparently. You know what I mean? Then there's such a difference, by the way, in staying in some sort of, like, five-star bougie hotel on the Amalfi Coast versus, like, the fucking Travel Lodge in Birmingham. You can't walk around in your robe and slippers. People are losing the run of themselves, and I also hate, So when I stay in a hotel, that you have to sort of nod at fellow guests in the hall with this knowing smile like we're in this together. We're not in this together, Trevor. You know that sort of thing, you're walking along on the way to the lift. Hi, hi. Why are you saying hi? You don't do that in a restaurant. If you go into the city Santa on the middle of the week, you don't nod at people on the way to the loo. Unless you're doing nefarious things. But you don't smile at strangers, do you? Why do I, why do I have to, why do I have to acknowledge you now? Cause we're in a hotel. We're not in this together. We've got nothing in common. Even this experience is not shared. We are both going to be doing very different things. I hope. People lose the run of themselves in hotels. My thesis is, is that staying in a hotel, much like the journey of life, is best done alone. You're better off alone. Do you think I'm better off alone? Yes, Alice DJ, I do. I went away recently with somebody, not to be naming any names, Mrs. Roast. I went away, I went away with her recently. The fucking panic when we were on the beach because she had misplaced the keycard of the room key. The, the the key card. Why do people care? Oh, oh, we've lost the key card. Oh no, it's okay. Don't relax. We can get a new. In- no, oh, this. Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, we'll have to get onto the consulate, uh, on the embassy. We'll never get out of here alive. You've lost a key card. Key card. They literally have a cardboard box of these fuck these things underneath the desk. This is not a problem. Why is there so much? We can. Li- Hi, could I get another key card? Sure. What room are you in? Two, three, four. Thank you. It's. The stress of staying in a hotel, like in life, is much more magnified when it's an experience shared. You're better off doing it alone. I just want to go up, go into the room. I got given out to, by the way. I actually, sorry, now that reminds me. I got given out to on a family holiday last year by my mother for using too many towels. Yo, oh, you shouldn't be going through towels this quickly. I'm in a hotel. That's the one benefit. The one benefit of staying in a hotel is I can use 18 towels to fucking dry myself. That's what I want. I come out, I see a pile of face cloths. I'm going to use two of them. If there's four there, two of them to dry my hands and two of them to dry my feet. And if I'm feeling really... No, but that's what I'm... I'm going to have all the towels in the world world, and I'm not going to buy into that sign that they have. You know, we care about the planet and there's a picture of trees. Do you, Yeah. This massive, massive chain of hotel, you care about the planet, good luck. I would hang each individual towel on Greta Thunberg's beak if it means me maximising the comfort when I'm in this hotel. I'm going to look like an Egyptian mummy with the amount of towels. It's needless, it's senseless, it's luxurious, it's staying in a hotel. It's what you should do. experience of a hotel you should just go by yourself and use it as a recess from life use it as a break from your current reality step outside of your world for a second go alone don't go with people it's not worth the stress it's never worth the stress the other thing people get panicked about is if the phone in the hotel room rings <gasps> oh god well don't, don't answer it don't answer it what who could it be who could, hello, I'm here to murder you. Do you know what I mean? Who could it be? Just, it's going to be somebody from the front. Like, it's nothing. Why are people so stressed? The experience is ruined when shared. I'm telling you. And that's before we even get to the holy grail of issues when you're staying in a hotel. The hotel holy grail, I should have said, or something along that. The hotel, no. Next to opening the dishwasher mid-cycle. Or the fear of me kicking over a glass of water that's beside her on the couch in the living room, there is no bigger fear to the Irish mother, and don't worry, I'm not veering into Irish mammy comedy but or irish fathers twenty twenty one but no bigger fear is instilled in my parents than if you were to tell them that you went near the mini bar on holidays. What is the crack with the oh no. I could tell my mother I murdered a man and she would still be more understanding than if I told her I used the mini bar in a fucking hotel room. What do you think is going to happen? Nothing. You're not going to be electrocuted. Yes, okay, you may get charged 11 euro for, I don't know, drinking acidic fruits, orange juice or a packet of rich ca- crackers that predate my nephew. But it's not the end of the world. It's not the end. of the- Stop all of this panic. It's complete and utter madness. Stop the panic. We're supposed to be on holidays. We're in a hotel. Oh, the mini... People go mental about the mini bar. Although, another actual situation that I've just remembered that I did. Is this bad or is this not bad? So I think I could have mishandled this situation. When I was away in Portugal about two months ago in Cascais. Some of you may have seen me document the journey on my Instagram at Megan Mark or talk about it further, uh, patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. Um, I was staying in the staying in the hotel in Kashkai, and it was our last day. We'd been given a bottle of Prosecco by the restaurant. We were, oh no, when we went out in the boat the day before, the guy just like, oh, this comes with Prosecco. We didn't want it, but he gave us the bottle. So we had it in the hotel room. It was our last day. We're leaving for the airport and I was like, oh, do you know what? Will, will I give it to like the rooms, the, the maid service to say thank you for like, I don't know, cleaning the room all week. And then I went down and they were, I could see, I like looked out of the room and I could hear them. They're on like a second, like a couple of floors below us. So I went out with the Prosecco and like went up to one of the maids um, and she was like, had the sort of, you know, the Eros desk trolley thing with her. So I nicked a few soaps and um, I was like, excuse me. And she was like, Ugh. she didn't speak English, which is totally reasonable. And I was, like, trying to offer her the Prosecco, but then I was, like, pointing towards my room. And I was also in my, like, swimming talks. And it only dawned on me, like, two hours later, like, why she was understandably so uncomfortable, because it was, like, this strange hilarious man, you know, coming down to her in his smalls with a bottle of Prosecco, gesturing towards his room. I don't know how we weren't kicked out. Thank God it was our last day. Yeah, anyway, that's irrelevant. I only realised it about two hours later. Another thing about staying in hotels, though, right? People seem to place way too much trust and faith in those who work at the front desk of hotels. Like, I don't understand why people are afraid to Google well, you know, if you're looking for a restaurant or somewhere to go out for dinner, why are people too, like, so afraid to Google where to go? Oh, we should probably ask the front desk. Why? Oh, well, they'll point you in the right direction. Will they? Nine times out of ten, you ask the front desk, where's a good restaurant to go to? Weirdly, they'll always point you in the direction of the bar slash restaurant in their sister hotel. Oh, you want the sushi? Yeah, there, we have a sister hotel, eh, the Mergio. It's a little, uh, you know, they take out the map. So we are here. Oh, we're here, beside that massive fucking red arrow. That's where we are. Good God, thank you for pointing that out. Anyway, continue. And then he gets the borrow out. Bear in mind, the map is the side of, size of St. Bridget's Cloak. This thing is huge, okay? It takes, and then you just, it's, oh, it's next door. Why did you take the map out? Why did you take the map out? Are you just trying to look busy? And also, no, I don't want to go to a sister hotel. Do you have any other suggestions? Well, just through the lobby, we have a bar. I know what is on site. I know what's on site. I'm asking, do you have any other suggestions? These guys are outrageous. They're taking the fucking snids, I'm telling you. Now, there's a lot of cursing in today's episode. I apologise. Also, oh my God, if I ever told you this story? Oh, uh, I don't know if I have. I hope I haven't, but I also probably shouldn't. But you're recording this with the complete knowledge that you will. So continue. Okay. I went, okay, it was 2008, right? I was in fifth year in school. And long story short, 2008, by the way, what a great year. Um, I convinced a friend of mine who wanted to lose his virginity that we should go to Paris to lose this virginity of his. Um, Which, of course, is a very 2008 thing to do. Weird, by the way, the following year we went to Port Leash, but this was, you know, 2008, great year in Ireland. so we went to Paris. We managed to convince our parents to, like, let us go to Paris, because we thought we were so fucking mature. We thought we were super cool with their, like, H&M willies on us, you know what I mean? Like, the real H&M skinny jeans, and, like, a PLO scar from Zara, like, the sort of Bon Ivor and Marlborough Light school of pseudo intellectualism, do you know what I mean? We thought we were kinsmen of Salvador Dali for enjoying the Odd Wes Anderson film. We were spoofers, and nothing has changed. But we somehow convinced our parents to let us go to Paris and pay for it, assumingly, because we had no income, uh, Pay for us to go to Paris so my friend could lose, we didn't say that part, but so he could lose his virginity. So off we went to Paris and we stayed in Montmartre and, you know, it was just, I I think both of us got the runs each morning because we were drinking so much coffee and talking so much shite. Uh, But that's all we wanted to do was just hang around there and, you know, effectively try and woo some French women. Nevertheless, we, there, there is a point to this, by the way. The reason why I remember it is because we, in the hotel that we were staying in, one time we went down to the concierge and we were like, we were only there for three nights and it was our last night and we'd sort of like saved up all of our cash. And we we're like, oh, we want to go to like a real nice restaurant. Um, any suggestions? And he was like, you want this thick? I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And he was like, there's a stick restaurant down in the Pigalle, which Pigalle is just below my um, mark for all you Philistines listening. Shut up. Uh, mark, but he was like, there was a stick restaurant just down in Pigalle. You should check it out. Great. What's it called? McDonald's. I swear to God, that's true, by the way. I s- McDonnell. I could have punched him I could have taken his beret off Strangled him with the little onion rings And beaten him over the head with the stereotype I swear to god uh, That is true Not the part about the baguette the onions or the beret But everything else is true Thanks for the stereotypes It's weird that nobody will have a problem with that But if you're to do a stereotype Anyway we don't need to go down that rabbit hole Nevertheless, we were in Paris, and we finally met these girls. And we, we'd been going to the same bar, uh, like Brasserie, spending 16 euro for a pint each night. And we fo- we met these girls on, like, the Friday night, and we said, like, we'll, we'll meet you tomorrow evening. They'll come back around 8 o'clock, and we'll effectively have sex, I suppose, which is a bit of crack, as I've learned over the years. Um, so we meet the girls... And we met them and we went back up to my, we went to like the little shop, this is mental, we went to the little shop, picked up some alcohol, Dutch courage and all of that. And then we were staying in this room, which was no bigger than a jail cell, not that I know of the size of those, but like no bigger than a jail cell. I watch a lot of docs and no bigger than a jail cell and two little single beds in it. And we sort of just sat there, like the two of them on one bed and us on the other bed, like all sipping out of this like bottle of like peach snaps or something mental. Uh Nevertheless, we eventually sort of said, "Right, so are we going? Uh, are we going? Are we shagging, lads? Are we all? Are we shagging? Yes, we're shagging." So then we we said, "Right, well we'll go out because we have to get condoms." And you know, back then, like. When you were, like, 17, I feel, buying the condoms, you weren't buying them to have safe sex and to practice safe sex. You were buying them for the veneer of maturity, you know, the facade of adulthood. It was all part of the process. It was nothing to do about taking care of your sexual health. This was purely just crack, you know? So... So we leave the hotel and we run down. Bear in mind, um, Montmartre is like really hilly. If any of you, none of you know Philistines, but like, um, it's really hilly. So we ran down to the bar rather than going to the shop, but we went into like the barman who we'd been chatting to. We're like, we're about to have sex. This is so mortifying. And we're like, we need condoms. We need condoms. Anyway, they didn't have any condoms, but he had some like cling film and a rubber band. So off we set. We were all, we we're, we we're on the way. We go back up. We go back up to the hotel room. And we sort of then decide, okay, so you're, who's... We didn't even know who was going to be with who. This is how, you like, re, like insane this whole situation was. And so we, like, sort of effectively, like, drew the short straw, you know, like in that film Munich with Eric Bana, if you haven't seen it, Philistines. But um we then decide, okay, I'll be with her and he'll be with her. Graham, we both get into these little si- single beds. Like, our elbows are effectively, by the way, touching... Like, this is mental. Anyway, off we... <laughs> Off we started, um, and I mean, the, oh, it was, there was no rhythm. They're like I was thinking, oh, the first, uh, like you know, there's going to be like, this is going to be like a jackhammer. No, it was like a drunken fool picking up a baron at a wedding. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it like it was, it was absolutely, <laughs> it was so <laughs> actually in bits. <laughs> now that I think back about it, nevertheless, when. Uh, when it finished, the event, you know. By the way, it was much harder. The The, the whole situation, like, you know, it, it's quite an Everest. I could barely do a press-up at the age of 17, let alone 11 minutes of missionary. Like, I was uh, way out of my depth. But at least I think I'd done it maybe once before. So I was the real lethario. I was the expert, you know what I mean? Because I'd done it once before down a lane. Ironically, actually, on Halloween. Shout out Kira. how's it? No, um, but... <laughs> he seemed to enjoy it. But, um... Nevertheless, the event itself finished. Me um, first, and then he finished. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the room was sort of quiet, you know, uh, after the sort of bleep test that had just occurred. Which it was, by the way. Or, it was like a bleep test with a higher pitch. And those were the noises I was making. But sort of the, the room comes to a standstill. The dust is sort of settling on these Parisian curtains. And all of a sudden, I hear my friend whisper something into uh, the girl's ear, thankfully. And then she whispers something back. And then he just goes... Uh well like good difference or bad difference listening to the Sunday roast really appreciate it guys hard to believe it's already been two years I feel like the last year doesn't count as much because of everything that's happened but we're still here we're still going and here's to another great year again none of this would have been possible if it wasn't for you guys listening each week I really really appreciate it you have transformed my life And made life a lot more livable, So thank you. Uh, Yeah, look after yourselves. I hope you're all doing okay. If you can, take the time maybe to review the show. It would be greatly appreciated. Wherever you listen to podcasts, just leave a review of what you think of the show. If you have the means, please consider subscribing to the Patreon. patreon Patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. Or just follow me on Instagram at Megan Mark. Yeah, thanks so much guys. Two years. Mental. Happy Halloween. Take care of yourselves and speak to you soon. Bye bye.